All alone and broken hearted Trying to calm the raging battle in my search of many answers that my troubled soul just couldn't seem to find i saw flower blooming where there was no rain or sunshine and i knew not that this flower would change the rest of my life. I found a lily in my valley. In my valley. I found strength when I was warm. When I was warm. I found a place to leave my burden. I found a refuge from the storm, a place where I trained my dark skies to beaming rays of sunshine. I found a lily in my valley, and he blooms all the time. just can't seem to find peace of mind. You're searching for your answers, but your problems are getting worse all the time. Oh, just lift your hand to Jesus. He'll take you in and break the tide.
rebuked him. And I've probably heard this phrase all my life. But he came to seek the ones that are lost, to save the ones. That was me. He came after us to seek us, to change us. When I didn't know him, didn't want anything to do with him, he came and loved me and sought me and showed me and opened my eyes. Well, glory to God, that's him. Praise his holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Well, glory, we got something to be excited. He loves us. Praise his holy name. Praise God. I found a lily in my valley, and he blooms all the time. I found a lily in my valley. I found strength when I was warm. I found a place to leave my burden. Glory to God. I found refuge. From the storm, from the storm, a place where I train my dark to bring rays of sunshine. I found a lily in my valley, and he blooms all the time. I found a lily. In my valley, and he blooms all the time, all the time. Praise God. We have come into his house, gathered in his name to worship.
the gulf that separated me from Christ my Lord. It was so vast, the crossing I, I could never afford. Remember that, don't we? From where I was to his demand, oh, it seemed so very far. I cried, dear Lord, I cannot come. On where you are, but he came to me. He came to me. When I could not come to where he was, he came. came to me when I and myself I had no hope within oh but he picked me up and he drew me gently I'm right by his side glory to God it's where today I now abide in love divine oh he came to me
abides and where there was confusion peace now reigns for I am walking with Jesus and I'm a child of the King and it's all because Peace now reigns. You see, I'm walking. 
Two coats were before me, an old and a new. I asked my sweet master, what must I do? The old coat was ugly, so tattered and torn. The
today and wanted to say this I talked to Mark a few weeks ago on the phone and while we were talking it was like the Spirit of God was putting in my spirit that Mark was at rest there was a peace about him I could hear it in his voice and I told my wife when I got off the phone I said I just talked to Mark Rosa he didn't seem like the person grieving, and I know he's got grief, but he didn't seem like the same person. And I just felt the peace of God and the rest of God upon him. And I love him, and I thank him for all that he does. He come, he's been to Zimbabwe probably about as much as he's been to America, but he's been there a lot, and I appreciate their stand, and I appreciate this church for supporting them because... They're good people, and I thank God for them, and I think about all the things that God has done in their life, and the enemy don't like that. But you know what? We're on our way home, every one of us. Hold on to him. I thank God for Brother Mark. Come on. Thank you, Pastor Tim. I appreciate that. In 30-some years since I first came to Full Gospel, and I want to thank you for your support. Over many years, we were in Zimbabwe earlier this year. The pictures, I'm not going to comment on each one. Uh, I first went to Zimbabwe in 1980, and Pat came, and we were married there in 1981. We were there earlier this year, and between the two of us, we spoke about 70 times. And we'll be, after Christmas in January, making a three-month trip to Zimbabwe, speaking at churches, special meetings, Bible schools, men's, ladies' meetings, and uh, there's just a great hunger there. But it's your giving that enables us to go. And your giving is an expression of your love for the Lord Jesus and his kingdom. And I wanted to come this morning and thank you for your support. 
that enables us to go. So that when we go, it's because you sent us. And I'm going to thank God for you each time I think of you and say, Lord, those are our senders to Zimbabwe, brothers and sisters in Christ. And I wanted you to pray for me this morning after I bring a, a message. I'd like, your, I'd like your prayer in sending us off to go to Zimbabwe. We make annual trips to Zimbabwe and to Pakistan. We'll be in Pakistan next year. We support orphans in both of those countries. We also had a full-time missionary in Nepal. Been there for five years. I had the honor of leading him to Christ. And then years later, doing his wedding. And uh, he's back in the United States right now. But our heart has been missions. God's called us to go. But you can't go unless you're sent. And you need supporters and those that stand with you in prayer and in giving. So thank you. Thank you for your, your support financially, but also your prayers. I'd encourage you when God puts you in a church, in a body, he did it with a mission in mind. A mission to make you into something and to use you for others. And uh, God continuing at work. Seeing folks in this church, watching them over the years, marry and have children. and Their children love the Lord. And to see you continue. It's under the ends of the earth, right? The ends of this earth, the ends of that earth, under the new creation. How many new creations are here this morning? I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. And I want to I want to take you on a little tour today through the Acts of the Apostles. And we're going to talk about how to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Little tour in the Acts, places you got to stop. And you got to take a look. And not only take a look, but a long look to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Obviously, in Acts chapter 1-8, and this is the name of our missions, came from this verse, uttermost missions. The translation I'm reading says, to the ends of the earth. But it says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. I was going to speak on being a witness and why we need to be witnesses, but I, <laughs> I meditated on that verse and I felt like the Lord just shifted and said, no, speak on the first part of that verse because you can't be a witness properly unless you're filled with the Holy Spirit. That comes first. That predicates everything that follows. When you receive the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you, you'll be a witness. Full gospel assembly. I like that word, full. You will be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's an emphasis here. It starts in Jerusalem, goes to Judea, Samaria, and then it goes to the end of the earth. 
When I was growing up, Zimbabwe was Rhodesia. That was the end of the earth. Never thought I'd be there, preaching the gospel, spending a better part of my life there. But God has a purpose. He wants us to be witnesses. But without him, we can't do anything. And I'm taking you through the Acts of the Apostles and want to share a bit of my testimony as well. Because when I came to Christ, I didn't have anything to offer except myself, my faith in him, my trust in him. I, um, I came to Christ. He had a big job to do. I like to go out with my friends and party and drink. And um, I knew religion. I'd gone to church. I knew the ritual of the Mass as a Catholic, but I didn't know Christ. Fall is my spiritual birthday, 46 years ago. After reading the book, The Late Great Planet Earth, I got on my knees and I asked Jesus to come into my heart. And I started reading the Bible. And I found then, and I find to this day, that living the Christian life is not difficult. It's impossible. I began to read things like, be perfect even as your heavenly Father is perfect. And I thought, how, Lord? Even being a witness to my friends who had been my drinking buddies to tell them about Jesus, I struggled. You know, willpower is important. It has to be a willingness, but only goes so far. But the power of the Holy Spirit. I was a smoker, too. I didn't smoke a whole lot. I might smoke about seven cigarettes a day. I gave my life to Christ. I tried to quit, threw them away, took them back up. I'll never forget driving into Burger Chef had my hamburger, my fries, sipped my Pepsi, pulled out my cigarette, put it to my lips, getting ready to light up, and a voice from inside me, a still, soft voice said, if you give those to me, I'll take them. I took the cigarette out of my mouth. It, it, those words came different than just thoughts. They came with power and unction. I took that cigarette, I took the pack, put it in with the empty carton, threw it in the dustbin and never smoked again. One of the first times the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And there was an empowerment. An empowerment is what we need. With men it's impossible. But with God all things are impossible. Some things that needed changing in my life were obvious. Other things deep within. God had an extreme makeover to do. Walls needing to be knocked down. Rooms needing to be emptied. And, 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 and rooms being needed to fill. Well, I needed power. I needed power to tell my friends about Jesus. I'll never forget Leonard sitting in my car. Wondering, what had happened to you, Mark? Why aren't you coming out with us? And, 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 and I tried to tell him 
about Jesus, and he kind of took his hand up and down the street, pointing out the window. He says, you mean we're all wrong? I said, Leonard, there's so much more. You can know for sure that you're going to heaven, that your sins are forgiven. I'd been transformed. But I hadn't yet experienced, and this is the first stop on our tour. Jesus spoke to the disciples in Acts 1-8, told them, you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. And in Acts 2-4, our first stop is at an upper room in Jerusalem. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were waiting expectantly. And the Holy Spirit came and filled them and said, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Wow. I'd heard about being filled with the Holy Spirit, but I hadn't experienced it yet. But I sensed in my heart there was more. Never forget my first time at Faith Fellowship. It was a non-denominational church. My wife was going there. She invited me. And I went to the youth group. And I, I came on a Sunday uh, in the evening. And the pastor, Wilbur Jackson, he was talking about out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And he talked about Jesus and the Gospels. If any man's thirsty, let him come to me. Let him drink. He was speaking of the Spirit out of his innermost being. And then he talked about Ezekiel out from under the altar of God in the temple. Living water flowed. Ankle deep, thigh deep, waist deep. And then water so deep. You could swim in it, and it just carried you along. And as he preached, I just got thirstier and thirstier. And this old Catholic boy needed, he needed more. And the service was about to end. I didn't know what the protocol was, so I just raised my hand. Because I thought, well, he's going to say amen. Everybody's going to hit the door. I'm going to have to wait for another week. And he pointed at the back. Everybody turned and looked. And I said, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he said, well, Come on down. I'll never forget, I began to walk toward the front, even before I got to the front. It was like electricity, but without a shock. The whole atmosphere was charged. I was experiencing power even before he laid hands on me. And when he laid hands on me, my lips began to quiver. Next thing I know, I'd gone down backwards. That's it. You got it. I mean, I went home and I prayed with my spirit. I prayed in an unknown tongue. Back and forth like I'd never prayed before. A couple hours before I went to bed, I was so charged up. I had experienced such love that was filling my heart. Such an empowerment. Oh, we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon King Saul. It says he was changed into another man. You get transformed. Being filled with the Spirit is not automatic. It's not the default setting. I came to Christ. I had believed. Jesus breathed on his followers in the upper room after he had risen from the dead. They received the Spirit. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. But they hadn't yet been filled. He said, you wait in Jerusalem. 
until you're empowered with the Holy Spirit. He's going to come upon you. John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's a linguistic fact. Baptism means immersed in, not just a sprinkle. Being immersed in the Holy Spirit. We have in Zimbabwe the Victoria Falls. Pat and I had an opportunity to see the Victoria Falls, to stand there on the ridge. It extends for a mile and has several gorges. And the water just pours over and it plummets down hundreds of feet. And the mist goes up. And the Africans refer to it as the smoke that thunders. Oh, they've seen a lot of smoke from fires they make each evening. But this smoke thunders. Six million liters of water every second. Enough water in a minute to satisfy New York City for a day. The Holy Spirit comes upon us. We are immersed. It said the Spirit came like a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house and everybody's sitting in the house. We need to experience it. They had been locked away for fear of the Jews. After Pentecost, they're out on the streets speaking boldly of the wonderful works of God. It's not a process like sanctification. Some have made it being filled the fruits of the Spirit. No, there's gifts and empowerment. That's why you can have people filled with the Spirit and do things that are not loving, not kind, impatient. And just because someone has been filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't mean it's one time. We see a little bit later in Acts, they were filled again. They had prayed, and the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them. The place was shaken, and they were filled again. You might have been filled before, but we go down the street from that upper room after they had been threatened and they tried to silence them, it says they were praying together. And when they had prayed, the place where they were was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. Mm. That's what we need. And sometimes it involves waiting. We don't have to wait for the day of Pentecost. But there is a waiting upon God, and there is a praying with anticipation. There is an earnestness to be filled. There were times in Zimbabwe, experienced that refilling. Times I was exhausted. I'll never forget being on my bed and having to go to a meeting that evening, feeling exhausted. All the pressures of ministry, the cares of life, different things, demonic attacks. But I lay upon my bed, and the Holy Spirit came upon me again. And he touched me. And I just began to laugh. And I laughed. And I laughed so hard, I literally rolled out of bed onto the floor. I was laughing so hard. And something broke. And I was filled again. And I went that evening. be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is so precious. 
Jesus says it's necessary that I go away, that the Holy Spirit will come. And he'll be closer to you than my physical presence. He will be in you. He is so sweet, the fellowship, the communion of the Holy Spirit. When the Father and Son talk about the Holy Spirit, they have a special regard concerning him. You can speak against the Father, you can blaspheme and rail against Dad and the Son, and he'll be forgiven you. But the Holy Spirit, he's a nurturer, he's so tender, he's such a gentleman. He never forces himself. But when we wait on him and we desire him and we thirst for him and we submit to him. Jesus had said in the Gospels, he's with you. There's three important prepositions you'll see. He's with you. And then he said, he will be in you. That's the second preposition. We know when we come to Christ, he is in us. In that day, you will know that I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me. The Holy Spirit's going to be in you. He's going to bear witness of me. He's going to tell you in your heart, you're a child of God. But then there's another preposition, and some Christians stop within. Come upon you. Empower you. Baptize you. Immerse you. Enable you. Do what you can't do. Transform you. Change you. I went home that night. I was so filled and charged up with the Holy Spirit. It was like, I know why they thought they were drunk on the day of Pentecost. The new wine. Paul wrote to Ephesus, don't be drunk with wine where is in excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. But like wine, the Holy Spirit takes away your inhibitions. He makes you feel like, whoo. I don't care what you can do to me or even what you think of me. You're carried along. Yes, we need refreshing. Otherwise, we see even the apostles, Peter at Antioch. Paul confronts him regarding his hypocrisy because he was eating with the Gentiles, but some Jewish brethren came down where that was not kosher, and he withdrew, and Paul confronts him to his face and says, wait a minute now, what you're doing is hypocritical. Not a one-time Pentecostal experience. It's ongoing. There are times of refreshing, being rebaptized. Just because you filled once is not enough. We go to another place in Jerusalem and we see how important it is to walk in obedience. This is our third stop. Walking in obedience to God's word. It says in Acts 5.32, and we are his witnesses to these things and so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. I had an early conviction I needed to be a witness. How many of you carry that conviction? I need to tell people about Jesus. And you know you can't do it on your own. You know fear, circumstances, situations. Will the person 
receive it? Will they reject me? Is, will I say it right? All of that. The Holy Spirit. And that desire, that willingness to obey and to open your mouth. My job at Christ Hospital, that was my first mission field. Nine floors, 500 beds of patients, needy, hurting in their body. And I knew I was there to be a witness. I would prepare men for open heart surgery. They'd be cut from just below their neck to just above their navel. Their chest would be open. Their ribs would be separated. Their heart would be stopped. They would be put on a lung machine. Veins would be taken from their leg to bypass those blocked arteries. Then their heart would be charged. It would be like they'd be resurrected from the dead. And I would go in and I would have these men for 40 minutes while I would shave the hair off their body. And I knew God had me there to be a witness. I said, Holy Spirit, I need you. I would ask them about their families, about their interests, hobbies, where they had worked. Many of them were retired. After they'd talk for about 20 minutes and they'd say, and what about you, young man? I'd say, I'm at Bible school. I'd been studying political science, but Jesus transformed my life. And I'd share a short testament. Will you pray for me? Hundreds of men. Not one ever complained. I'll never forget, though, early on how that conviction was driven home to me. I got to my afternoon shift coming from Bible school. It was 2.30. I went into the operating rooms to a room in the back. It was a gloomy atmosphere. No one was talking. The nurses were outside the room cleaning their instruments in the tubs. I went in. There was blood everywhere, on the walls, on the floor, on the table. I had my gloves on. I had my mop. One of the nurses said they had fought frantically. The doctors tried to save him, but he died on the table. The one overlooked on the list who the man was. I had prepared him that night before. Tears welled up in my eyes. Hoped he was at peace with God when he left this world. The words of Paul came home to me from Acts 20. I'm innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God's word. And I carry that conviction. And I carry it to this day. And we need the Holy Spirit to tell those in our Jerusalem, in our Judea, in our Samaria, there's no sense me going over across the world to tell people about Jesus if I couldn't tell them in my own backyard. The gospel and word, not word only though, but in demonstration. Hearing and believing. Another stop we see is at Cornelius' house. In Caesarea. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, upon those who heard the word. Wow. Just like on the day of Pentecost, they were hearing the word and they were believing it. 
and the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they were filled. I'll never forget my first trip to what they called the tribal trust lands beneath Bakeda. We went from paved roads to dirt roads to no roads to dodging between trees for me getting out of the car and saying to Ebi Mahupete, come on, you, you can get through that one. And we got to a place where there's this comfort, 300 people. Why'd you choose this location? Because there's water. There had been drought in the area. Missed a rainy season. And that rainy season hadn't started. Borehole, people were traveling miles to get water from borehole. But I'll never forget stringing light bulbs and running them off of Ebby's car battery under the stars as we were preaching God's word. And the Holy Spirit came upon them as they heard the word of God. People fell down. People were delivered of demons. I'll never forget a 10-year-old boy, just a young boy. His, his, his face was aglow with God. Tears were streaming. His hands were lifted up. He was caught up with God. And just looking at him gripped my heart. We ended the conference, and rain began to fall on Bikita, and the drought was broken. And it was a sign, not just to those at the meeting. Everybody in the area knew we were meeting there and knew that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus is the God of all creation. It was a tremendous sign to them. And the rain came down and didn't stop. We were hardly able to get back to the tarred roads. Oh, how we need the Holy Spirit to wait upon him, to thirst for him, to call upon God, to hear God's word and to believe God's word, to open our mouths and to be a witness. Sub-Sahara, Africa, in the last 50 years, what God has done has been unprecedented. When I first went, to Zimbabwe, just become independent. About 5% of the people went to church. That was 1980. Today, 80% go to church. And Africans don't want to just know about God. They want to experience it. They knew the power of witchcraft. And when Paul was called to the Gentiles, it was turning them from the power of Satan to the power of God because they've seen how the other side works. But I, I found the power of the Holy Spirit. There's no demon in Africa. There's no devil in hell that can stand against the power of God. Amen. We walked the length and breadth of that country <clears throat> preaching the gospel. And those demons could not stand. The Bible says you will tread upon serpents, scorpions, over all the power of the evil one. It was amazing what we saw God do. In the Acts of the Apostles, again and again, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But I don't want to just cover ground. I want us to experience afresh, anew. I want you to pray for my wife and I as we go to Zimbabwe that we will see signs and wonders. We will see demonstrations 
of the Holy Spirit. People will be healed and touched and delivered. That it will come with conviction. It will come with power. I do want to share one last thing about staying filled or being filled. One thing I have found, and it's in Ephesians, and it's in the fifth chapter. It talks about making melody in your heart, singing to the Lord. Be being filled. Singing, making melody in your heart. I'm not a gifted worship leader. If I was to try to sing, I, 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 my range, hitting notes, you'd be like, I never forget being at a service, somebody tapping on me and asking me to take it down a note. <laughs> but God doesn't hear it the way people hear it. And I'll be driving in my car like I was here today, and I'll, I'll be singing, give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Give me oil in my lamp. Lord, I pray. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning. Keep me burning till the break of day. It's only the Holy Spirit. And those wise virgins had oil in their lamp. And when the call was, the bridegroom is coming. And he is coming. And the signs are there. And the shout has gone forth. We need to trim all wicks and get that oil flowing. But I have found when I do that, it just lifts me. And I begin to sense the presence of God. I begin to sense the Holy Spirit filling me. I don't know what needs you have today. I don't know what might be discouraging you or confronting you or that you're challenged with. I don't know maybe what trauma you've had in the past. Maybe a loss, a disappointment. Maybe you're even suffering in your body. Maybe there's something that just... He is the comforter. He is, he is closer to you than your own breath and heartbeat. He is inside you. He loves you. He yearns over you with a godly jealousy for your devotion to Jesus, for you to receive everything he has for you. He wooed you and brought you to the Lord. He wants to fill you, whatever empty place, whatever place you're struggling, wherever you're weak, he can make you strong. Will you stand with me? I want to pray for you, and then I want you to pray for me. I'm not going to be long this morning. I want us to do a little of what we've heard. We wait upon you, Lord, as we look to you. As we pray and ask you to fill us. Lord, you said if we would ask the Father for bread, he wouldn't give us a rock. We ask for fish, he wouldn't give us a serpent. And that if we'd ask for the Holy Spirit, you'd be delighted, Father, to give the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we thank you for this gift. We want to be filled with this gift. We want to be immersed in, empowered by. Just lift your hands right where you're at now. Father, I pray for a fresh, fresh touch, a fresh outpouring upon full gospel, 
assembly, an empowerment of the Holy Spirit, I pray. Come upon each one with fire and tongues and demonstration and transformation. Lord, we look to you. We're thirsty. We want to drink in of your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for pouring out your spirit upon us. Thank you, Lord. Receive strength. Receive health. Thank you, Lord. That's right. Just begin to pray right where you're at. You can pray with your spirit. You can pray with your understanding. Let's just take a moment and pray as the musicians begin to play. Softly, we're going to be praying, Lord, we want more. We're waiting on you, Lord. We need more. This world, this evil day is such, Lord, we need more. We need more of you, Lord. More of your love, more of your power. Poured out into our heart, shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for defeating our enemies. Thank you, Lord, for power and authority. Thank you for raising us up to sit with Christ enthroned. Thank you, God, for touching us in our emotion, in our will, in our mind. Thank you, Lord. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. to pray with Mark and his wife. If you whoever would like to come, this altar's still open.
anyone who wants to pray. to be a witness where you are. You have desired to take the Spirit of God with you in your workplace, in your school. And let's just pray and believe right now that there will be an outpouring of God's Spirit this week in your life, in this church, that this church will begin to bear more and more fruit as a result of the power of the Holy Spirit promised to us. Let's just lift our hands and let's look to him right now. Lord, we do. We pray and we ask you, God, to send forth laborers into your harvest, God. We pray you are the Lord of the harvest, the souls that you put before us and people. God, help us to open our mouth and fill our mouth, Lord. Father, where we work, in our families, in our neighborhoods, God, online, wherever it might be, we thank you, Lord, for making us witnesses of your resurrection power, witnesses of the resurrection power of Jesus in people's lives, new life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Lord, here I am. Send me. Lord, here we are. Send us.
So 